This is the Barbarian Rhetoric Podcast. Acta non verba. Welcome to another episode of Barbarian Rhetoric. Today with me is Anthony, and I'm your host, Nathan. How's it going, Anthony? It's going well, Nathan. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. And then today we were going to be talking a few things. Um, we got Father's Day coming up. We'll, we're talking a little bit before that. Not sure when this is going to cast out there, but this is basically going to be our Father's Day special. And one of the things that's coming along with that is Anthony's getting ready to relaunch, launch his uh, new Peaceful Parenting. What? A, no, that's incorrect. Peaceful Fathers? Peacefulfathers.com. There we go. Peacefulfathers.com. So it's coming and it's looking good. I got a sneak peek at things. So I'm excited to see it come to life. And yes. It's, it's in the process. We're working on it. We're trying to um, hopefully get it going by, by Father's Day. And um, we originally had a, a blog, The Polite Savage. But uh, we're going to switch everything over to Peaceful Fathers and then hope that we can give a lot of the dads out there good information on how to raise their kids better. And then we're talking about race. What all are you going for with this? Are you looking at doing some courses with it? Are we just doing blog articles? Uh, what all are you looking at building into it as questions start coming your way? Um, so right now it's going to be more of a blog um, as we go and as the site grows and hopefully we get some attention of Dads out there who do want to raise their kids and, and bring a little peace to the family, uh, learn how to discipline their children without punishments, threats, and bribes. Um, definitely see in the future that I can offer some courses, uh, some maybe one-on-one -on -one time, and, and just really get guys dialed in on um, what it is that I have to share. And then... Anthony inside the Fraternity of Excellence runs a father Zoom there. And I've been in on a few of them, and it's getting really powerful. It's, we can't go too in-depth, but it's great to see men change and the stories they're bringing back and how guys are talking. So I know you're doing good works with this. And it's going to need to see what's going to come out from some of that and what your, your readings and everything else and your research is, is building into. I think – how long has it, has it been almost a year now that we first started talking about peaceful parenting between the two of us? Time flies. I'm losing yes. track of time. Yeah, it has been a year. I joined the Fraternity of Excellence a year ago. And um, yeah, there's a lot of good things going on there. You know, that I've <clears throat> definitely uh, ele been elevated, um, you know, as far as my parenting and what I know from being around these guys, a lot of good guys, a lot of great fathers. Um, and we get, we get together every week and we, we talk about how we can be better dads, how we can be better fathers. And, you know, there, there is a lot of um, men who have problems and, you know, they, they need advice. But there's also a big part of it is I allow the, the men to share when things are going well. You know, I want to hear when they're making progress, when they're no longer fighting with their son or their daughter about, you know, getting ready to go to bed or brushing their teeth or eating, you know, the right foods. So these guys are doing a lot of work and um, 
definitely, you know, it's, it's, it's a big part of me. I'm, I'm happy to be a part of it. And I think, well, we both have boys that are 13, 14 years old. And some of this is, um, we all know there's no playbook for sons. You know, when they, they come around there, no, you don't get a little guide, but the playbook should have been our father's. And that's something that's missing um, that is passed down. That's the playbook. The playbook was your father or grandfather teaching you to, you know, to work through. And sometimes we have to break the cycles. Um, my dad, I've talked before a little bit. He raised me one way and raised my brothers another way. I was a trial and error which later in years we can laugh about because it's funny because we can look back at it and go, yeah, this was right or that was wrong. And it changes. And I think that's what's missing. And when you go talk to younger fathers, they're looking for that. They want to break the cycles because they go, this part's bad. Or I know this isn't quite right. But there's the resources for going out and finding out how to break those cycles are few and far between until you start meeting other guys that are going, oh, I'm doing this, or I'm changing this. And is where's the literature? Is it coming alive more now than in the, like the last few years? Because uh, I've seen you throw some books out there that I had never even heard of, or is it been a more of a niche thing along the lines and you had to dig hard to find any of it? Yeah, I, I think, you nailed it as far as the literature and blog posts. I would say that probably 95% of the blogs out there on parenting are from women. So that's another reason why I wanted to bring peaceful fathers to the table and give a lot of dads information on just what you said about passing down that legacy and how it's, it's something that's missing in society. A lot of fathers are not talking about how to raise their kids anymore. Right. They're not as involved as I would say past generations were, um, you know, we're, right now we're distracted by a lot of things. Everybody's working. Um, so, <clears throat> you know, as, as far as the blog posts, um, there really isn't a lot of information from a male perspective. And, you know, when, when we, as fathers, when we think about raising our kids, a lot of times we, we want to, just have it our way where the dad, what we say is go, you know, what we say goes. So what I, I talk to a lot of men about a lot of fathers is where we, we need to take a step back sometimes and we need to really start to listen. We need to really keep our composure and, and be calm and collected. And we really need to start thinking about what we're doing and how it affects our kids. And when most men hear this, it's, it's new to them and it, there's a little bit of pushback Right. We don't as men, we don't like being told what to do. And we definitely don't like being um, where we, we have to maybe um, listen more than give orders to our kids. So what I found is a lot of guys, once they start taking these steps and, you know, they they get more self-control. What it leads to also is you have to start taking get a better care of yourself because this is not easy. It's easy to scream and yell and tell your child what to do. It becomes difficult when you really have to put in the time and you really have to learn different ways how to handle complex problems. 
and we go with radio silence. That's just deep, you know, <laughs> and um, I have to collect my thoughts here thinking this through. <laughs> it, it, it's a deep rabbit hole, and it, and it shouldn't be. It should, you know, having those readily available answers to common problems, even though every kid is different, every man is different in there, there's a lot of core issues that you can just basically work off of. And those core core thoughts or core ideas, like you said, guys are like, huh? Never heard that before. Or my dad did this. Or I was raised by the belt, you know, or however. And it's like, you, you know, I'm just, I got it from my father. So this is my parenting skills. Well, they could be wrong. Or they could be right. And then the big thing and, and that, that I caught out of that is working on yourself. You can't be a crappy dad and, and then turn around and expect your son to grow up to be good because they're little mini-me's. They're mimics. They mimic what we do. Yes, somewhere along the line, some of them will do a 180 and do the opposite of their fathers. But I would say eight, we'll, we'll, we'll go with the law of 80-20. Eight to ten, out of ten are going to mimic their fathers, and they're going to end up just like them. Maybe for a short time they'll rebel and go different, but as they get older, they're going to take on those same characteristics. And they're going to watch them, and it, and it starts so young. And that's, that's what I think a lot of guys don't, oh, it's just a kid. Yeah, but he's listening. He's listening all the time. You know, if he's saying something and you get mad for the words he's using, there's pretty good chance that you're using those words. So, and I think a lot of people forget that. Oh, he, he didn't see me do that, or he didn't hear this, or whatever. In, in the dynamic, in the whole time, they're, they are listening. They may have their headphones on. You might think they're engrossed in Xbox, but they're still sitting there listening, wanting to know what's going on. Exactly. And I, I think... Not only are they will they mimic our words, but they'll they'll mimic and mirror our behaviors. And a hard a hard thing to um, to understand is when we see our children act out and we see how they handle difficult situations. A lot of a lot of the time, that's how we behave with them, right? If if our child misbehaves, what do we do? We get emotional, we get reactive, and we scream and we yell, and we don't contain ourselves. And that's the exact behavior that we're fighting against with our kid. So, you know, it's it, parenting is hard work. And, you and know, there's what no I, off switch. There's the no. big thing. You know, <laughs> you know, you, you'll hear the comment, um, um, tired of, uh, what is it? Adulting. I'm tired of being an adult. Well, you know, there's no. <laughs> There's no off switch to that. And same with parenting. You're a parent. You'll be a parent as soon as you have that. Shoot. Until what? you're dead. Exactly. Well, and on the opposite token, you know, it's, I'm 46, but my mom's still parenting. Yeah. You know, do I take care of myself? Yeah, but do I still call her? Yes, I do. You know, my dad's passed, so I can't call him, but I have my mentor. He, he's become that pseudo parent, you know, that father figure for me. And, yeah, if it wasn't for him, I'd probably be in a worse spot because he has no problem telling me where to go or how I'm being wrong. So, 
but I have that, and, and that's something that's missing. And it, again, it comes back to that mimicking and mirroring. And even as they get older, they'll think back through those times. You know, how was this handled? How was that handled? And and I do. I reflect back on how my dad and I um, conversed when I was younger. And I have to catch myself with my own son if I feel I'm going down that path. And I go, oh, I didn't like that path. Well, I have to stop myself. And I even did that recently. I was going down to the path, and he just caught me on a wrong day at an off time. And I had to apologize. I'm like, no, we're not going here. But this is why I got upset, da-da-da-da-da. And, and we went, talked through it. And, of course, he was, you know, hurt feelings, so he was quiet on it. But it was like within a couple of days, he goes, yeah, you really are a great dad. So it's a flip, you know, you get, you get the good moments and you get the frustrations because we are human, but you keep those down to a minimum and they get it. Hey, I know you're having a bad day. You know, it's one of those. And that's where, and we joke about how I think about sorries, but I believe in apologies. So, you know, that that's, I'll probably have a Zoom on that sometime or a, or a podcast, I should say, on, on that. But, and I, I think there's something that's missing for fathers. They won't apologize to their sons when they mess up. They just keep going, you know, status quo. They won't turn around and go, yeah, I apologize. I was wrong. Yeah, the failure and, of, of admitting you're wrong. Absolutely. It's tough to do. You know, it, it's... And I think what you said was good about, you know, you, <clears throat> you will make mistakes and you have to realize that as a father, this isn't, you know, peaceful parenting, positive parenting, unconditional parenting, whatever, whatever label you want to put on it. It's not always about doing the right thing. It's about doing the work to get success. And a lot of times when, when we don't change and we stick to old traditional ways and we have conditions on our parenting, you know, we're not changing. We're not doing any work. We're just repeating the cycle. We're just doing the same things that were done to us. And we're dismissing things that were done to us as a child that we didn't like. And we're dumping that on our kids. So, you know, like I said before, parenting is hard work. And, you know, it, anything that you're going to get results, you have to take the responsibility. You can't take the easy path, right? Whether it's at the gym, lifting weights, you have to... You have to go hard. You have to lift heavy, heavy shit or you're not going to see results. Same thing with parenting. You, you really have to dive into it and, and be aware. You know, um, one thing I ask a lot, a lot of the guys that I talk to, I ask them, have you ever read a parenting book in your life? And 99% of them say no. So I think this is, again, something that men need to start recognizing that, you know, we're we're raising kids. We're, we, we're raising warriors, right? Our son needs to be warriors. Our, our daughters need to be queens. They need to be strong. And without any steps to, to really implement this and, and really get on course, you know, a course that is, is filled with virtue and good morals and, and good principles, we really need to start learning it. We really need to, to pay attention. Something there on books. You, you uh, mentioned earlier um, most blogs and everything is written by women. Is that the same with books or is there starting to be men? I'm thinking of um, Jocko. He has 
the way of the warrior kid. Is that yep. correct? He's yeah. one that I know of. Is there other books by men that, that are, are men writing books to help with fathers and sons? Yeah, there, there are uh, a lot of authors um, who are men. There are, we, we actually do a book now every week. Uh, well, not every week, but we read a book uh, in the group. And the last one we read was from Alfie Cohn. And he's a, the name of the book was Unconditional Parenting. And it's a powerful book. Um, you know, it, it, again, it talks about not putting conditions as your role as a father with your kids, right? You don't want your kids to, to necessarily just obey and behave because it bothers you or it pleases you. You want to raise a, a son or a daughter who has intrinsic motivation. That They're doing good things in the world because good things were explained and we gave them the examples in our own lives. Um, and there, there are quite a few authors who um, have written good books. There's Dr. Ross Green. Uh, Thomas Gordon has a book called Parent Effective Training, Effectiveness Training. That's a great book. And, um, you know, a big influence with the way that I parent has been uh, Stefan Molyneux. And he has, he has a few books on relationships and um, childhood, not too much on parenting, but he speaks a lot about peaceful parenting. So I think as time goes on, there's more resources for men, for fathers to uh, start getting back to this role of um, raising better kids. And then I'm going to flip this a little bit. So uh, well, if you didn't catch all these names and authors and stuff, I'm going to guess at some point they're going to be up on your new blog coming out. You're going to have a nice listing of books for people to look and research. Absolutely. We'll have a, um, a nice list of all the books that I read in the last 15 years. but yeah and and that's a lot of right now what i want to do on the website i just want to focus on getting information out there and and spreading this idea that we as fathers we, we need to start coming together and we need to start having conversations like this about how we can raise our kids better um so you know at first uh, a lot of it's going to be through blogging and uh eventually we're going to take it to the next step. Good. These ventures are always fun. We were talking about this earlier of what it takes to get into blogging and that that'll be another podcast that I'm, I'm looking at, but I, a lot of people think you just, you know, grab a name, throw up a site and away you go. And there's so much more to it. The, the, the back end of it, you start looking at it and going, why did I do this? But I think that's where it rolls back to is the, one of the reasons why we do it is because we have a mission. We want to get this information out. That's what I'm working with with uh, Barbarian Rarick is getting information out to guys. It's why I'm getting into doing this podcast. It's, you know, another avenue of you may not have time to read blogs. So we'll give you some information inside the podcast to listen to and you got to figure out where you, what you, information you need to grow in every angle. Yeah, it, it's definitely not easy. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I didn't read a book until I was 30 years old. 
<laughs> but that, that's another story. Sorry. But, um, but once I started picking up books, man, I, it opened me up to a whole new world. And um, I think that's just an extension of blogging, right? Being able to put your ideas and share them on paper. You, yeah. you have an impact. And it's more than a Twitter feed. You yes. know, I, I think there's <laughs> where a lot of people are, that if they're not, they should be getting back to books. The books is where the meat of the stuff is. Blogs, blogs are just a stepping stone. They're a stepping stone to more information, almost summaries of the different books we've read or the things that we're going through. If, if a blog at the end of the day is your sole source of all your information, you're missing out on a lot of deep stuff. And I think that's what you find in books. Most of all the guys I know that are uh, deep thinkers are all book readers. You know, we're not getting all our information from Twitter or from blogs. There's a lot of good information in blogs. I, I like what I read and I summarize. And then it's like I start digging into it more. I'd rather take that idea and then where'd they get it from? Or what book did they read and do I get the same opinion of that? So, and then you can dig in and you can get the actual, whoever author it was, thoughts on it as a whole and not just little pieces that are pulled out and pulled out and spotlighted and you get to see the whole context that that comes from and that gives deeper meaning overall so a quote can go so far memes are fun but they can only they can only do so much and you have to dig deeper and I, that's a lot of guys i think they're like yeah when, when's the last time you read a book or when's the last time you read a manly book? And they went, what do you mean? Read Conan. <laughs> you know, they're like, what? Yeah, just go read a fun book like Conan. And now you're, you know, you're reading something in there with, it has a moral to it, it has something in. Or one of my favorites that I've been suggesting a lot is if you're challenging and you're, you're still stuck in kid mode and trying to become an adult mentality wise is reading Iron John. That, that it's an awesome book with that comes about a short, you know, Russian story, but the progression of moving through and that rite of passage is not just, rite of passages aren't just physical. They're almost more mental than they are physical. And guys need that. Your, our sons need that. And that's one of those changes. That's one of those flips. Yeah. And what better way to, to show your children value in reading a book when they see you sitting down and reading all the time, you know, that that's going to help them. Back to the mimic. Yeah. hundred percent. And like you said, a lot of people don't read books now and it, it's funny because you, you find them, you know, you have books on your shelf and people are like, Oh, I read that book. But uh, most people, you know, they're, they're watching Netflix and um, not really reading books. And, or even listening, you know, if, if, if nothing else, you don't have time to read or pay attention is pick up an audio book. At least it's, I, I'm not, I have a hard time myself keeping track of an audio book, but I know there's guys that use them effectively. And yeah. I still like paper books. <laughs> yes. I, I have some on my Kindle, but yeah, I prefer the paper. Definitely. What challenges in our current climate 
do you think we have to start facing with our um, sons and the peaceful parenting and everything else? Not just sons. Let's broaden it out to just kids in general going through, you know, we got the riots going on. We got the lockdowns going on and stuff's loosening up. We're becoming, we're trying to figure out what the new normal is and how does this play play into the peaceful parenting side of things, you know, to, for a father to lead the household through, through these times and not lose their cool or get stressed out about it. Yeah, emotional stability. <laughs> I think, um, you know, what you're seeing right now is, is a whole generation of children who really haven't had too much connection with their parents. And, as far as the peaceful parenting side of it, you know, when, when you raise your kids, you, you want them to be grounded. You want there to be balance. And if they act out or if your, your son's being wild or if your daughter's being, you know, nagging you, it's, you have to remember, it's not about you as a parent, as a father, right? There, there's problems that need to help. They need, your kids need help. You, you need to help them solve problems that they're having. And a lot of times we, we often think that as the father, we should have our children suppress those feelings, those desires. And you know what happens when you bottle up frustration and anger, it explodes, explodes. right? So I, I think that's a big part of what we're seeing going on now. There, there really wasn't enough time and consideration and care taken into raising kids. And I mean, you could take that, you know, it, it's not just impoverished families or poor families, um, lower class even the middle class, the upper middle class, you know, you have generations of children who were raised in daycares and they had no parental contact. So I think there's a lot of things going on, uh, but I think ultimately it comes back down to, you know, our, our ethical stance on, on what's important, family values, and, and building off of that, you know, as far as a cure for it, I, I honestly think that if, if we get back to the basics and we start raising our kids peacefully, we start, uh, we, we take the time to explain things to them. We take the time to, to be there for them. And we don't allow ourselves to get emotionally wrapped up when things don't go right, but accept, you know, you have to accept the dark side and, and the light. So when you allow your child to, to act out or to rage, it's in health, you know, it's a healthy, um, it's, it's a healthy way to express yourself. Uh, so what we need to do though, more of is, is guide them instead of always telling them what they have to do. And I think with the guidance, once you take those steps, the, the more that you guide, the more that you implement, uh, patience and learning in the future, there's going to be a, a lot less greater chance for your kids to lash out, to act out and to disobey because you're going to build that connection. You're going to earn a lot of respect from them. And with respect comes trust. Um, so it, you know, I think everything's connected. Um, <laughs> we're chuckling here. I'm no, this trying is good. to formulate a question <laughs> here of how, how I want to. In, in, the things that are coming, and I'm thinking younger, little, little uh, I'm thinking like preteen and before. 
we have a lot more influence on them. And as they start to get into teens, we start, not that we've lost out, but if you're starting peaceful parenting when they're moving into their teens, you've already lost a lot of ground. you got to recover and fight through. And, and even I'm looking back at mine, by the time my dad figured it out and I was into my late teens, it was already past, you know. Yeah, you're that, more susceptible to peer pressure now. Right. Because you, you haven't taught your child how to think. So instead of them being confident and independent and their own autonomous person, they're going to be easily influenced and swayed by the, you know, the group think or the, the mob. If you want to call them. Peers. Yeah. We used to just call them peers, but yeah, mob works too. <laughs> Where do you think we can go moving forward in, in they're not quite out of the house yet. But they're into those teen years where where our influence is starting to dwindle. I think dwindle is the right word. Our influence on them is starting to dwindle. We we are still there for them, but they are getting influenced more by their peers, uh, by outside influences, by other people. And if someone's working and they're they're challenged in there let's just say they straight up failed for the first 13 years. Where do they work to do? (laughs) They got a lot of work to do. Where do you think the guy should start though? You know, you can't, I I have my opinion here and I'm going to throw this out is it comes back to working on yourself. And I think um, when, when they hit those and you see this and if you're listening to here and you're going, yeah, my kid's already 13, I've already missed the boat. I don't believe that. I think when you start changing yourself and start working on yourself, there's still time. It's going to take longer now because you've lost some of that trust factor and some of that respect factor. But as you get older and you start cleaning up your habits and start changing your things, you're basically getting them ready for a young adulthood. And if they can see you change over the next four or five years to a solid man, I think that almost does more influence of you showing them instead of teaching and talking to them. Like when I was, the older he gets, the less I talk. It's like, Hey, let me show you how to cut or chop this wood. I no longer explaining to him because he already realizes the ax is sharp and he's got to watch out for his toes. I'm showing him proper technique and it goes almost to a more visual. Do you agree with that? Do you have a, a more of a expounding on that? <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I agree with it. I think it's good. Um, you know, as if we're not doing the work within ourselves, um, you know, who's who's going to be that example as they get older? And um, the, the more good habits that you have and, you know, not just going to the gym and eating healthy, but who you are as a person, right? How if you treat people with kindness, um, if you do good deeds, you know, these are all things that we have to be aware of because this is the examples that we show them and um, even the way we speak. So if your child is constantly hearing, shut up, stop that, don't do that, leave me alone. You know, how do you think that's going to affect them? How do you think that's going to make them feel? So as they grow up, um, you know, we said it before, they're going to mimic, they're going to parrot what their parents say. And they might not be too fond of the adult 
you know, the, the, the teenager or the adult, the young adult that they're becoming because they're so attached to these negative um, visions or these negative, negative attachments that they had. So I think as your kids get older, a, a really important thing to remember is, you know, to, to be a leader is not about controlling. But, you know, it's, it's about setting up a, a family or a relationship with your kids where that control is not needed. So a lot of times when kids get older, parents get afraid, right, when they become teenagers. Now they have more responsibility. They're driving cars. They're out with their friends. And if, if you haven't built that trust and that bond prior because your parenting was punishment, timeouts, screaming, yelling, like I said, you have a lot of work to do. But if, if you can get them while they're young and you can start taking these steps, um, what happens is, and this happened in my home, as my kids went out into the world, as they got older, I didn't, I didn't really worry because I, I knew that I, I laid a, a solid foundation down. And that doesn't mean that everything always goes right, right? That there's always going to be complications. There's always going to be disagreements. But what happens is we handle it in a, in a very civilized manner. We handle it the way that people who care, at, care about each other should communicate. And then let, let's keep working our way up the age spectrum. <laughs> you know, with Father's Day coming up, something I think that's often forgotten is, is sons talking to their fathers. Uh, you know, good childhood, not good childhood, but going the other direction. If you're a young man and you're listening to this, or even if you're older and your dad's still alive or something, and you guys didn't, you didn't ever connect when you're younger and you've gotten your shit together and you've fixed yourself, you know, there's always that resentment or whatever, and you almost need to flip it. You did all this stuff to fix. There's nothing to say that you at this time don't become the better man and turn around and start talking to your father because it's a two-way street. Now, will he respond in a way that you expect? Depending on what type of daddy is, probably not. But if he starts seeing that, you know, you're turning out and you're fixing yourself, he's going to take notice of that. And I think it can go the other way. There's that pendulum. You know, you get into your 20s and 30s and start fixing yourself or even 40s. And, and your dad starts looking at you and sees those changes, especially if you start having kids and they become a grandfather there's more of a fix there. So it can go the other way also. You know, we, we've been centering on fathers talking to their kids, but as sons and, and daughters turning around and talking to your parents and talking to your father, it can be important going the other direction. Yeah, 100%, Nathan. I think that's, that's perfect. You know, we, it's, and it's often overlooked, but I think um, as young adults and or you know even going back to the um fraternity of excellence what really surprises me sometimes is the younger guys who come into the the uh, fatherhood chats who don't have kids but they're just there because they want to learn how to be better dads and a lot of times when they they listen and they they get information about what we're doing and how we're raising our kids they relate it to their parents 
And, um, you know, I think it's definitely opened some doors in, in that aspect where. So know, they're coming, becoming better sons. Yeah. Becoming better men. Yeah. Better men <laughs> overall, you know. It, so, that's the goal. And it goes both ways. So, and, and I think that's something that's forgotten. And we, we concentrate on the, the youngers. And then they get to the teens, but as you get older and then you have your peers and then it's to look into the, to the age and it can go both ways. You need to be looking at both directions and, and teaching and learning at the same time. Yeah, always. You always got to be learning, especially, you know, especially when it comes to family. And, um, you know, I think one one key focus for me uh, in my home and and building that process is what you talked about before about building yourself and then becoming a better person and and doing the work you know that that also means that um we have to learn how to set boundaries we need to learn how to have um expression express our preferences and make sure that our language isn't misleading Right? We, we want to be truthful with our kids. We don't want to pretend that everything is positive and everything is always going to be good. We want them to know that life does have obstacles. You, 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 know, you might get beat down sometimes, but you always got to pick yourself up and make adjustments and move forward. And I think that's something that's always missing. Well, something that's missing now because a lot of kids, they fail and, and it completely destroys them. Right? They want to stay down. They don't want to work harder. And I think that has something to do with, you know, in society, how men are perceived now. A lot of men are weak and, and they're not doing the work to become more masculine and, and to lead their family and, and, you know, be that father figure in the home. They're not using failure as a learning experience. They're no. just thinking it as they failed, you know, not hey, okay, you failed 99 times, let's do it again. And the 100th time, you get it right. Uh, practice, you know. <laughs> my, my son drives him crazy when I'm like, yep, you need to practice. You want to get better at playing basketball? Practice. Better at soccer? Practice. Better at fishing? Practice. Even with the guitar, you know, it's the broken record of it takes practice. You know, moderation, practice, um, uh, consistency, carrying through, and all words he knows, and he also rolls his eyes out. But he'll also rattle it off at times, too. Yes, I need to practice moderation. There you go. Exactly. You know, and we can chuckle about it, but it's sunk into his head because we are talking those things. And yeah, and you, you teach them, too, that it's, it's not always about the outcome. It's about the challenge. It's about what you learn during the process, right, who you become. You, you become stronger because you're facing the challenges. And I want to tie that into parenting. You know, as, as a father, you're going to be challenged. And the way how we, we handle that challenge and those pressures is going to be a great, um, you know, it's going to have a great effect on how our kids will do in the future. So if we run into a challenge as a father and our thought process, oh, I failed, my kid's going to be a loser, He's always going to be lazy. He's never going to do anything I say. <clears throat> what do you think, you know, we're teaching them? Exactly what we were just saying. We, we want them to rise above the challenge and do the hard work. Same thing with parenting, right? Just because things go wrong as a father, we shouldn't consider it a setback. 
It should be a time for learning, making adjustments, and moving forward. And moving forward, you know, uh, that, that's something we use a lot in our circles is keep moving forward. Okay, you made a mistake. Own it, move on. You know, don't dwell in the past. You know, whatever you did three years ago that was so horrible and your kid, quote, hated you for was three years ago. Keep moving forward. Keep fixing it. And, and, and I, a lot of men I talk to, you know, it's like, well, two years ago, you know, I'm like, it's been two years and you're still not over this? You know, if you have to apologize, apologize and move on. You know, get, get over that little hurdle and clean that mess up because have you fixed yourself? And, and, and there's another big one is if you've gone through and you've done a lot of work on yourself, you got to forgive yourself for the past deeds that you did because you're not that man anymore. And I think a lot of guys get stuck you know, yeah, they got fit. They got mentally. They started cleaning. They started even peaceful parenting. They're going there, and but they can't. They can't let Take it go. to the next level. Yeah, it's that was that was who you were. This is where you are now, and you're moving forward. And it's like okay. And if it gets brought up, say the wife brings it up, or even an older kid says, "Well, back then," and you're right. Yeah, back then I was a different man. And this yeah. is where I am now. And you can turn it into a learning lesson. Yes, I failed back then, but now I learned my lesson. And this is what I'm doing moving forward. And you can show them that you may have rough spots. But if you're moving forward and you're fixing yourself, that's those don't define you. No, not at all. And I think what you said was powerful because the men who, who keep looking back and, and won't change – or don't want to change, you know, that's, that's really shame. That's something that they probably learned in childhood and they can't let go of it. So they're, they're resorting back to shame. And what you said, how the wife would bring it up, you know, that's just submitting to a bully. You know, you, you don't, you want to teach your kids about healthy relationships. You know, me and my wife, we've, we've been together for 26 years now and, you know, we have an understanding that the way we speak to each other is one of mutual respect. So my kids are never going to see us, you know, never see my wife try to manipulate me or me try to shame her. And that goes back to working on yourself, working on every aspect that you can to make improvements. And um, I think when you, when you start to see things that are stopping you, you have to, sometimes you have to go to the, the root root cause you have to kind of look back and say why am i doing this and you have to deal with you know things in the past maybe you know whatever it may be maybe if it was um your, your parents didn't treat you well um or <laughs> and i don't want to bring it to back to uh, i don't want to bring it to my my parents didn't hug me enough when i was a kid <laughs> but <clears throat> it, it doesn't have to be like extreme abuse sometimes if you were neglected your whole childhood and you had a really bad uh, role model of, of what healthy relationships look like, guess what's going to happen? You're, you're going to create unhealthy relationships as an adult. So those are things I think fathers need to be aware of that how, again, how we live our life, how we treat ourselves, how we love ourselves, our self-worth, what's, what's important to us. Um, you know, one, one big thing that 
I kind of had this revelation on in actually one of my uh, fatherhood chats is, are we, are we really invested in our family? Are we really invested in our kids? And I think we should be asking important questions, right? We should be asking, you know, do, do my children, do, does my son, do, does my daughter, do they really know me? Do they know my values? Do they know what I stand for? Um, do, they, do they know my beliefs? And in the, in the same regard, we have to start asking, do we know our kids, right? Do we really, are we really showing interest in them? Are we really taking the time to, to learn what they're interested in? And, and it doesn't have to be everything, but are we, are we doing things to take that time and, and to understand who each other, you know, who we are? And there, there went the question. Boy, I had one in there and it just went poof. That that happens when you start getting old. I think <laughs> I my, my mentor talks about that. He's like, yeah, it's just going to get worse. You know, <laughs> he, he's preparing me for the future. That tells me my memory is going to be crap here in about twenty years, and it's just going to be gone. So you, you got to read more. Exactly, strengthen that muscle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we should, we, go ahead. I was going to say, if you want um, to go back to, we were talking before about the riots um, and the, the protests and how there's a, a lot of disorder right now going on in society. And I just wanted to, to touch on um, a important role as a father with being able to protect your child and physically protect them, obviously, but, you know, protect them in ways that we are teaching them about having good people in their lives. And, you know, the, and the reason I brought up the riots and the protests and you don't want your kids attaching to people who really do not care about them. There's an agenda, whether it's a political ideology, whether it's communism, whatever may be going on, you want them to make sure that your job as a father is about protecting them so they can set boundaries and they can push people out of their lives who really don't care that they're that they're conscious enough to see this right they're, they're able to see this threat because it really is a threat right that was it that, that was, was it <laughs> I wasn't sure you paused like you were going and I, and I think that's important and you know in our teens you know 15 16 uh, they're getting into that driving age and 18 they can be easily influenced. They can, you know, their peers, it's like, oh, let's, ju let's just go down to the protest and hang out. And next, they get caught up in the mob mentality. And that's something, you know, it's preach avoidance. Why, why go down there? Now, if you're caught in the middle of it, that's a little bit different. We can get into that in a moment. But, you know, how, how do you keep your kids away? I, I've seen some of these guys and the protesters are walking down there with their kids. That's not protecting them. No, it's child abuse. It, even if, <laughs> Yeah, even if it's a, quote, peaceful pro, uh, protest, things can turn on a dime. It just takes a few agitators. And you have your kids down there, that's, that's not protecting them. They shouldn't be anywhere near that. If you want to say, if you want to teach them about the protests and stuff, pull up YouTube, pull up the whatever, you know, the, the media and show them and go, this is why we're not down there. 
You see these guys getting hurt? They were innocent bystanders, and then these guys came out of nowhere. You, you put yourself into a dangerous situation. You know, it's you walked into a war zone. And if you yeah. don't expect to get hurt when you walk into that war zone, uh, you got other problems because that's what happens there. There's so much collateral damage. You, you know, two people can be fighting and then something comes across and, you know, say someone does pull a firearm out. Well, those bullets don't just stop three feet out. They can go flying into a mob and you could be a block over and, those are the st- things that I don't think people think about when, the, when they're taking their kids to this stuff and they're doing those things. Now, l- let's flip gears a little bit because... Wait, I just I want to say one thing. Go ahead. Don't bring your kids to the protests. <laughs> yes, I agree. <laughs> 100%. They, if they're not over the age of 25 <laughs> making decisions on their own, let's, let's push it into their mid-20s. Just yeah. tell them no. <laughs> Take the car keys away or something. Um, but uh, on, the, on the flip side, you know, we, we're talking a lot about peaceful parenting and everything, but that doesn't mean we're pushovers. As fathers, you're not a freaking sissy. You're not a pushover. And just because you're a, fr- a peaceful guy doesn't mean you should let loose of the barbarian. You know, you got to keep that barbarian in check often. You got to keep the barbaric mindset in, in check. And you can't just go split skulls because you want to. You got to watch your anger in that. But if you're going about your normal business and something and you didn't realize a protest was going on or uh, something, uh, something just starts or agitators or a riot erupts, fathers cannot be afraid to defend their children. They can't be afraid to defend their wives, their girls, their family. You have to, at that moment, become the savage. Um, make sure that they get out of that scenario, that you want them in one piece. You do what you need to do to get out of it. You don't want to go into the thick of it, but you want to do damage control and get your family out of it. And if that requires violence, you have to be ready to step up the plate. And I, and I think that's where a lot of guys go, well, this or, you know what? Yeah, the shit's going to hit the fan, but you got to be able to step up and you got to flip that switch. And, and what we're talking along the, those lines is if you've been working on your uh, kids, you've been working with your wife, and you're the leader of your family, they will follow your direction and it will be a smooth um, – I don't want to say retreat. It's a, a smooth withdrawal from the, um, the activities that are going on. You're not running scared in a controlled system. You're working to get out of that. But be prepared to do violence on their behalf so they don't have to do that. And that's part of being a good father. Oh, and I lost him. He's talking. There you go. A, that takes a lot of self-control. <laughs> uh, but to touch touch a little bit more on what you were saying about uh, peaceful fathers and violence, I think it's a good it's a good point. And my stance on that is, we in the home we need self-control, right? We need to learn how to treat our children with respect by you know we need to teach them respect by giving them respect. When you're out in the world, um, you know, you, (laughs) 
you need to be a savage. Like you said, you, you need to compete with other men. You need to be masculine. You, you need to, if, if you're going to release that energy, that's where you do it with other men who are your same size. So my thing is, is when you're in the home, there is no need where you should be abusing that power you have over your kids. You know, you're for the most part, if it's a five-year-old child, you're five times their size. Why would you resort to using your physical strength to control their behavior? Um, so I, I think that's a, a, a good distinction of um, having balance in your life, being confident as a man. The, the, the greatest thing we can do is if we're powerful men is show kindness and restrain towards people who are weaker, especially the weakest, <laughs> smallest uh, person in society, which is a child. So save all that, save all that violence for out in the street and, you know, maybe pick the biggest guy in the bar and go talk there to you him. Go. <laughs> and, well, and then to carry this a step further, you don't want to teach them necessarily teach them violence, but you need to teach them to defend themselves and to be violent, which is, is a small distinction. We're using those words and it becomes nuanced, but you, you want your, your son to be tough. You know, and if that's that's Brazilian jiu-jitsu, boxing, wrestling, being physically strong, something along that lines, a martial art of some sort, some martial defense, martial attack, you should be training them in that sense. Um, big proponent, if you're, you know, if state or country, uh, you know, allows his firearms. You know, get them comfortable with it. They shouldn't be scared of them. It, they should just be taught, oh, it's another tool. Yeah. You know, a, a gun is a tool. And, and at the end of the day, you know, that's where a lot of the mishaps come in. Oh, it does. No, no, it's just another tool. It's the person that's holding it that gets to decide what it does. And in, they don't have to be Mr. Little Goody Two-Shoe Kid that's the most peaceful world and everything. They need some conflict and, and stuff in there, and they need to be boys, you know, play in the dirt, fall off stuff, wrestle with their brothers or their buddies, you know. They're going to fight it out, and as they get bigger, they're going to realize that that fighting hurts, and, you know, <laughs> those punches become heavier and heavier. And But if they – buy, Let me buy you a beer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, and, and but you need that. You need to teach them these because once they know how to respect and they realize they become dangerous, some of the most dangerous men I know are the most nicest and humblest people. It's like, I know that guy could rip that guy's head off. And everybody's like, he's like the friendliest person I know. Yeah, because you know, because you have that, it helps build that self confidence. So it, it goes both ways. You know, you, you, have to, you have to be well-rounded and teach them that stuff. And, and that goes back to leadership. It goes back to being the peaceful father. They explain to them that, you know, boxing isn't so you can go be a bully and beat up other kids at school. It's if you need to defend yourself, you can. Yeah. And, and that plays into it in – I think that's often missed, you know, or, or, oh, I want to protect them from all of this. Well, you're doing your kid a disservice if you protect them all the time. If he's never had a cut or a scratch or never gets hurt, he's not playing hard enough. You know, skin knees, if a little boy doesn't have skin knees, he hasn't, he isn't playing hard enough. It's, 
You're all yeah. fat lips and cracks to the head and everything. They're very resilient. Little kids bounce. <laughs> so, it, it, and I think a lot of um, basically sissy fathers don't realize that. You know, the, these wimps are going, well, I, I, I don't, I don't want to teach them any of that because da-da-da-da-da, and, and they're, they're acting so feminine that they're not allowing their sons to grow up to be strong. You're holding your son back in that yeah, it's, sense. It's usually from fear. They're controlled by fear. But um, I wanted to, I got a good quote that goes with this. It's from uh, Jordan Peterson. He says, a harmless man is not a good man. A good man is very, very dangerous man who has it under voluntary control. And I think that ties in perfect with what you're saying. Yes. And that's, that's the... I think that's the cornerstones of, of creating a strong, well-rounded son. Somebody who has self-control, somebody who can do harm, but they're not going to use it for their advantage. They're going to use it for survival. They're going to use it almost for good, right? They're going to use it when they have to. And the, and the good is they're going to use it to protect their life and their liberty, their freedom. And what what's better than that? Right. Yes, no, I totally agree. <laughs> you know, it, 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 it's tough along those lines. It's it's getting all, you have a short period of time to teach them a whole lot of information. And, and it, it goes fast. And you can't be doing that while you're yelling and screaming. Yes. You, you know, th that goes back to being a peaceful parent. Um, I, when we first met, we were talking about it, and I didn't even know the peaceful parent terminology. And, but at the time, but at the same time, as we talked more, I'm like, oh, okay, that's how I'm raising my son, you know, because as I, as I changed a lot, I basically looked at my childhood and how I was raised and, and I took out all the bad stuff and I put, started going, okay, what good stuff can I put in there? Um, my dad was a hard man when I was young because his dad was hard, a hard man. Did I turn out all right? My mom says I did. So I'm good with that. But, but I think it can be done better. You know, there's one of those things. Well, you go down some of these roads and, yeah, your son, son or daughter may turn out all right. But if there's a better way to do it, that's something to look into. And that's something that I, I see and, I, and I'm happy to see you coming out with the blog and going into this is because you're showing men that there's a different way to come to the same not the same conclusion, the same outcome. You can have your a good son, a good daughter, and on top of that, build respect and love, and you got that uh, relationship with them going forward as they become young adults into adulthood. Yeah. No, and again, it, it's it's not easy parenting. <laughs> but what what you were saying also too, I mean the reason we were saying this before, a lot of guys get stuck and they, they you know, we, we kind of get trapped in this self-deception and we, we, we hold on to illusions. So I think once you start to have the, the courage to face things exactly how they are, you know, you just said that you, you saw how you were parented and you took out the bad things and you added good things and it had a profound effect on your kid. And I think that's how most fathers need to start thinking. This is 
really important. This is what we need to start doing. And not only do we need to start doing it in our home, but we need to start having these conversations with other fathers and be challenged and be tested and not get emotional and, and, and hurt when, you know, something you're doing may be shown to, to have faults where you could do better. So I think that's how we grow as men. That's how we're going to grow as families and as communities. Is, is getting those communication skills out and open. Yes. Not everything needs to be bottled up, you know, the don't be a sissy, <laughs> you know, don't be a sissy, uh, trained a lot of men to be sissies. Yeah, exactly. So. Fear, uh, fear of being weak. It, it, yes. And then end up being weak on top of it. That, that yes. That's, that, that's I, I think, the, what is it, the ironic part. They have such a fear of being weak that they end up becoming a weak man. And, and we're not just talking physically here. It's the whole mental side of things. It's, it's all of it going together, and, and it loses something. Yeah. And the big thing is... It's like a self-fulfilling prophecy. Right. And you, you have to make that internal uh, switch to be the one to break the cycle. No one else is going to do it for you. If you if you want to break the cycle from your parents to you to your to your kids and to the next generation, you have to be that driving force and just decide. Okay, I'm going to break the cycle. Yep. And, yeah. And go ahead. No, I was just going to add to that and, and saying that uh, a great way that we can get into habit of breaking these cycles. And, uh, you know, before you said, don't be a sissy. As men, we need to understand that sometimes we, we have to uh, see our, our faults, right? We have, to, we have to be vulnerable and say, all right, I'm weak in this area. This is how I'm going to become more powerful. And I think once you start to do that, you're just going to get better. It doesn't matter what it is, any, anything you do, whether it's parenting or any, you know, obstacle you have in your life, but you become more powerful. And, um, you know, th that power becomes, comes from knowing that you're weak. And that's just another thing that you're going to pass down to your kids. A lot of guys resist that. They don't, they don't want to seem weak. Yeah. They, they, they want to save face to their own peers instead of opening it up and just fixing themselves overall. Yeah. Well, I, I think we've hit on a lot. This went, this went down some deep rabbit holes, and, and we'll, we'll give some people to digest some stuff. You, got, you have any closing thoughts, and where can we find you? Yes. So um, clo closing thoughts are um, just don't fuck up your kids. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Well, I'm, I'm right right now, my, my current blog is at the uh, politesavage.blog, which I'm going to be hopefully soon changing over everything to peacefulfathers.com. And um, you can find me on Twitter at peacefulfathers. All right. And I'll get those into the show notes. And as soon as he has this blog up and running, I'll, I'll have that in there, which it may be by the time this is up. So I want to thank everyone for listening. Um, and I will see you on the next one. Have a good evening.